0: Hello everyone. I am Priyanka. And today I have another Priyanka with me as a guest. Priyanka lives in India and she's a lawyer there. Also, she's a person who has joined the Semicolon Tattoo Project. Today's topic is Semicolon Tattoo Project. And we are going to discuss the impact it has because both me and Priyanka have it on our wrist. And we support the community. We support the cause so we'll be discussing her personal journey of being a mental health advocate and her perspective on the semicolon tattoo so before we dive in let's just know more about her priyanka please tell our audience about yourself
1: hello everyone i am an advocate and um, both a real life advocate and a mental a mental health advocate i have been an advocate since t- 2016 and Coincidentally, that was also the year that I got my semicolon tattoo. I have been a part of the community, mainly because I've gone through mental health issues myself. And I have learned the importance of talking about it and discussing it through the years. And yeah, I'd love to talk to everyone about this.
0: That's lovely. Uh, So first of all, let us introduce to the audience who don't know what a semicolon tattoo is. So Semicolon Tattoo Project was started in 2013, uh, it was introduced as a medium like when a writer is writing a sentence or a story and they pause at a place like you might have different interpretations but this is what is popularly known that when a writer is writing something and they don't have the inspiration to write it further, you they don't put a full stop, they put a semicolon and then they start the sentence again. So. The metaphor here is that your life is a story. And if you don't know how to take it further, you feel like the story is ending. Don't put a full stop, put a semicolon and rewrite again. So this is one of the philosophies that I believe in. Priyanka might have her own interpretations. So let's just ask her, what does semicolon mean to her?
1: The idea is quite similar to what you have said. Mm -hmm. The semicolon, to me, it denotes the fact that the sen- the sentence that is your life can always continue from here there's it's a pause not an end anything that you're going through mental health issues difficult life nothing can nothing can you know end your life until unless you want it to so if you wa- if you want you can simply pause it there take a breather and move on
0: Very true. Like when I, when I got the tattoo, my philosophy wasn't to neglect what has happened to me. It was like, this has happened to me. This is part of my story, but it won't be the same from here. And I choose to just end what I have, like what is happening until now. I just choose to pause it. Like, like you said here, and now whatever I write from now on, it will be even the part of the same story, but will have different ending. Like, I will choose the ending I want. It won't be the same that it has been. Maybe whatever has happened to you was not in your control. But now I choose to take control of my story. And it will be, uh, and the semicolon will be the beginning of it. So, yeah, we all have our own interpretations. So, can you tell us, like, how, what encouraged you to be a mental health advocate? and When did you realize, okay, this is the time? where I will not only be vocal about it, I will also take care of myself, the mental health wellness that you incorporated in your life.
1: About a year before I got this tattoo, things had been completely different in my life. There was a almost a 180 shift in my life at that time. I was going through a lot of issues. I had... a well, I I just finished my uh, semester exams and I had, lit, I had done really bad at them majorly because I could not focus on anything. And uh, a lot of things were were happening around me, which were some things that I was not focusing on. I, I knew that things were happening to me, but I was not paying attention to them. And I came across the semicolon uh, post about the semicolon project on tumblr and it talked about how you know people are getting this tattoo to denote that they have gone through mental health issues but they are going to be proud and open about it and i thought that you know if people can be proud and open about it through a tattoo then at least the least i can do is probably think about going for therapy and that was when I went to a psychiatrist, started medication. Um, and I did hit a really low point even after that, but it was a process. And a year later, when I got that tattoo, I was in a different place. I was a lot happier and I wanted to kind of like, you know, memorize that so that's how i got the tattoo i wanted to always remember that i've gone through tougher things at a lot young at a lot younger age and if i could survive
0: through that i can survive through anything yeah like the same i think the story is kind of similar to me it was not to gain sympathy it was to spread empowerment that you know i will not i remember i wanted to get the semicolon tattoo when i was six, 16 and i told a friend i want to and that time i had a theme like it was in middle of my wrist and there were butterflies around it and i told my friend i want to get this and she said do you know it's an sos sign like uh, you know save my soul type sign and i was like no i don't think like, I got convinced by what she said. Like, people will think I'm suicidal if they see this. And a while later, it just struck me that I want to tell people that, you know, I have been through something which was unpleasant, but I'm out of it now. And I'm healing myself. I'm working on myself. And if you're going through something similar, I am. I can be the p- person you can talk to. We can share our story. I can be the person you can empathize with. It is like... in. Uh, crowd like full you know in a party full of people you spot an introvert by you know somebody who's also like talking to a dog so you go and you talk to them because it's not because others are bad because you know this person will understand make me comfortable and I swear I thought a lot of people knew about semicolon tattoo like I did but to my surprise people ask me what is this and i i don't tell them the meaning straight away I just don't. Because I know they, will, they don't have the intensity of understanding it right away. It will be too much for them if they found out. And they will start seeing me as a fragile bomb that goes off any moment. You know, they will start seeing me differently than what they did before knowing about the statue. So it now has become complete opposite of what I wanted it to be
1: the reason i got mine on the wrist was specifically for this that first of all i didn't want to hide it mm. and secondly i wanted it to i wanted it to have conversations about it i am a i'd say i'm on the other uh, side of the coin here where if somebody asks me about it i, I would rightly tell them i tend to try and educate them because uh, In my opinion, there are only two kinds of people. People who know me and people who don't. People who know me will not, never automatically assume that I'm a fragile person because they have known me. And a person who doesn't know me, even if they think I'm fragile, I have absolutely no reason to mind that. It's their own judgment. It's their own thoughts. It's not going to do anything to me. It's not going to create an image in my head of myself which is fragile so i like i like to educate people on this outrightly actually
0: um, for me it's like you know i see the same people talking about who don't even believe mental health issues are a thing and i just believe that is it worth my time being ridiculed is it's not i think it is if you're if you have a story it is also a part, respons- it's not your responsibility, but it is important that you give it to somebody who deserves to know it. I found very few people, if I find somebody deserving, I tell them. Like, all everyone listening here, I don't know any of you personally, but I know you all deserve to know my story. Because you're taking time out and listen about mental health podcasts, that legal work is. But you all deserve to know. But somebody who just makes fun of people's mental health and depression issues they'll i'll just be a person that they won't talk about it around but they won't change who they are it won't change for them so i guess that is still something i'm trying to figure out for myself that how to put it across without scaring the other person away that you know i'm not i'm not taking time bomb i'm fine so yeah
1: for a while i used to consider people like that a personal challenge yeah you know i have to i have to fix the fix the way they are thinking they, what they what they're considering and you know what they think about mental health is completely wrong i need, it, it's my duty as somebody who's gone through that to, to be able to fix it but i've learned it, the one thing i've learned in the past years is that you get to choose who you give your time and attention to mm. and you don't owe anybody anything the amount of the amount of time and attention you owe to yourself you don't owe to anybody so yeah now i don't now i would probably give them basic information and if they start ridiculing me i'll move on from them and be like okay
0: not not the conversation Ooh. i want to have exactly i believe that it's not me it's just you right now don't you're not in that plateau of mind right now where you can receive that amount mm-hmm. of information because once you do it will no, it will not leave you i know how much like we both I guess, have been there when, you know, when we were discovering mental health issues, when we were, when we, we all have, we have been through it since childhood. But when we found out on internet, we were, this has a name. Okay, this is a serious issue, but I have not been focusing on it. I don't want someone to, uh, you know, take that information and not turn it into kindness towards others. I don't want them to stigmatize it more. Because may, they might see somebody else with a semicolon tattoo and just avoid them then. Yeah. Yeah. There is so much that you know, like it's not overthinking, but it's just being responsible for depresenting something. It's just being responsible for others because they might like there there are signs everywhere. Like if somebody has been through something, they will show it in their body language or maybe a tattoo or something. If you understand it, it is your a bit responsibility to be empathetic towards it if you know the story. And if you know that person cannot take it, like they just won't be able to take it. And this can happen around you with your colleagues, with your in laws, with your uh, partner's parents, with your partner itself. And you have to be very mindful that, okay, this person might not be that, they might get triggered also. So before you share your story, you should also ask them, are you in the mental space right now? Do you get triggered by the words you said easily? And only then share your story. It is your responsibility also. Because the others might be get might get triggered by the word anxiety or depression. So yeah. Coming, yeah.
1: Mm. I get it. And actually a lot of people don't think about asking others for their triggers. And oh, I
0: yes. and
1: I think it's a good idea. It's people tend to, you know, just like mental health, suicide, all of these words were like very very severe words that you don't mm. utter in public. Till at least a couple of years ago. Triggers are that thing now. Like, um, I am a part of the Instagram uh, bookish community and this one debate has happened a couple of weeks ago internally between a lot of people was whether books should come with trigger warnings. Wow, they should. They should, but who is the one who, you know, uh, who, who has the right to judge the triggers? How do you identify what is yeah, exactly how do you how yeah. do you identify the triggers for a book? So I mean something that might be, be triggering because it might also might be... be
0: a spoiler right?
1: True that also
0: yeah.
1: So yeah, triggers are a very important thing and you need to know uh, you need to ask the person outrightly. But you also need to know that you know a person you might be just ignoring as somebody ignore you know who might stigmatize the cause further might have inherent issues themselves that they are kind of you know masking through their apathy yeah sometimes just being just a little bit more persuasive can help them get help.
0: It is all about that. It is all about that. I don't want anybody ever, ever to feel, that is why I have three mental health communities where I'm part of or I'm encouraging on my social media, with through, through this podcast at my workplace, I just try to not others go through what I have been through. That is a the loneliness of not being able to tell someone. That you know, this is happening to me. Is this normal? And I know it is not. Can you can we do something about it? And God's grace that I found internet or I found like-minded people, but it's it's not the case for everyone, right? And I know my people around me are safe. I will check on them, I will take, I will make sure that everybody knows that I'm a very approachable person. But I know it's not my responsibility to fix the world, but a certain part of my responsibility is to make sure that the cycle of Not telling anybody, internalizing and then just breaking down at a point. Doesn't continue with people within my immediate surrounding. If it's my cousins or my relatives or my best friends or anybody I'm dating, it shouldn't continue with them. Because yesterday only someone told me, I'm going to therapy and you're so broken. And I was like, oh my God, that is not even funny. Like it was some, you know, it was in a conversation where we were just roasting each other. And that person just said this to me and i was like oh my god this is not something you say it is not something you talk about like that yeah i mean to
1: if somebody had said that to me my response probably would have been like yeah i am hmm. i mean it's a fact the so there so there's something wrong with my head which is why i'm going for therapy if there was something wrong with My heart, I would have gone to a cardiologist. Yeah. I mean, wrong is not the right word. I, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'd say, okay, fine. Raw, if you, I would say something that, I I used to, for a very long, I, for a very long time, I used to call it a malfunction. (laughs) I had to say that, you know, my brain is malfunctioning. Hmm. That is, to me, uh, so I was not that this open about uh, the fact that I'm in therapy or I've been on medication since mm-hmm. a long for like, when I got when I started out. But the one thing I learned is that a part of healing is to acknowledge it. Yes, of course. Amen. Yeah if you acknowledge it, if you are okay with getting therapy is probably the only way therapy will start working. Yeah. It's not the same with everybody, but talking about it, just making sure that people don't think that, you know, you can't break down, Mm. you're unbreakable. Mm. That is important because people just tend to think that, you know, you have nothing going wrong, no, no, nothing wrong going on in your life, but you're the only one who
0: knows that there are. Yeah, there are so many students, like you know, because of my work, I interact with so many students, and they just put me in a place of, you know, your life is so perfect. You just have like these two jobs, you are on the websites, everybody's talking about you, and I make it to a point to say, Do you know that I go to therapy? It's not because. I um, I acknowledge that I there is something wrong with me, but it's because I need help to process everything happening around me. It keeps me sane. It keeps me grounded. It makes me feel like I'm heard and listened and cared for. And that might happen to you in a natural transition. It might happen to you around in your immediate sub- environment. But for me, it takes initiative from my end to do that. And I'm, I tell everybody I meet these days that, you Know what I if I'm not like purposely, but if you're having a conversation, I tell them, Yeah, you should go for therapy. I feel everyone at least one should go for it, like not true, specific, like just to acknowledge, you know, give just to check up, like, you know, am I doing well? Is everything am I being triggered easily? Do will I break if what is happening? Like, yeah, I, if I don't cry a lot, why, why I don't cry if something is bothering me? How do I? release my pent-up energy. All these things, you need to discuss it and unfortunately, we don't do it with uh, people, you know? We don't do it with people around us. Like, we don't do it. And so, we have to talk to somebody about it. So, yeah. I do think, because in this, uh,
1: in today's world, especially with the pandemic, I'm pretty sure everybody hasn't been able to deal with it very well. Yeah, with the idea of being locked up inside your homes for a very long time uh, like with my family, we have all of us uh, siblings and our parents are together under the same roof after 14 years wow so uh, almost every family everybody has been going through really really tough tough choices and tough changes in their lives and you, therapy can always help with stuff like this mm. therapy is therapy is not for only for people who have a lot a lot of things going mm. wrong in their head it's not just for the clinical patients it's mm. for not it's for anybody if you think even if you think you're a normal person you should opt for therapy maybe
0: therapy will tell you that you're not normal <laughs> You know, that everything means so much. I remember I had, you know, they give homework to draw things and I had drew something and she just told me, you know, why your hands are so away from your body? Because you don't show your emotions. And I was like, damn girl, <laughs> how do you know it from a drawing? like This is th- a person who has trained 10 years of their life just to recognize patterns. Like everything takes thousands. Everything skill, every skill take 10 hours to like, you know, adapt to it. Any skill where you know, in 10 hours, whether you like it or not, somebody who goes to college, does masters, gets their certificate practices, you know, at least 10 years of their life. If they are telling you, if they, they can recognize the patterns in you in a glance, they can just see, look at you and tell, you know, there is, you need to f- work on yourself on something. Because you can't change the environment around you, you can learn to adapt to it. That is all what therapy is about. You can't change the external factors, but you can internally change things that are bothering you. I live in Mumbai, which is like equivalent to like New York houses, if anybody understands that. And we have very small houses here. Touchwood, I have a big house so that I don't encounter my parents all the time throughout the day. But... (laughs) people, let's say, who are living in one BHK, one-bedroom houses, and there are like six, seven people, I can't even imagine what the pandemic has been for them. It's been, yeah, it's, it would have been brutal, you know, just to live with somebody 24-7, it's it's not healthy, it's just same environment and that also you can't step out. All if you're, and especially if you're grew up with abuse, oh my God, that's even worse then. So the, the reason we are talking about these things is having a conversation is important. And the project, the semicolon tattoo, is all about having a conversation with somebody and even starting the conversation about mental health with someone. And presently, there are, I guess, more than a million people around the world who have these this tattoo. And what the, what ha- what is happening right now is people have taken it as a trend. You know, I I have seen couples getting matching semicolon tattoos, and it just annoys the life out of me. I'm gonna just put it there. It is not for you to show your bond with your partner. It is. It has a very deep meaning. It has a very um, mean. It's a very advocacy advocacy meaning that you might not go through it, but you should. It people who support mental health also get it to show that I support you. And you can't get it out of shallowness. You can't get it out of just because it's trendy, just because all my favorite influencers are getting it, I'll also get it. Because what you are doing is you are allowing conversations in your life and that might make you uncomfortable because you didn't sign up for it. But when you get a tattoo like that, it makes it. makes it is assumed that you are somebody who has been through something very troublesome and you are okay now talking about it yeah your peak.
1: exactly um a lot of people get the semicolon tattoo just like a normal any other sort of tattoo on your body and people either do not so i mean i'm surprised anybody would just randomly get something tattooed on their body but i think a lot of people do that but so I think educating yourself about the semicolon before you get a tattoo is a must and educating everybody that you see around you is also kind of a job that you take up if you get this tattoo. I mean, it doesn't automatically make you a mental health health advocate if you don't want to be. It doesn't like automatically give you this responsibility to, you know, to give pamphlets at the, at a street corner but yeah you do have to realize that this is not st- just body art it is a part of a bigger deal
0: it's a movement it's a revolution it's a turning point and unfortunately the person who started this semicolon tattoo is no more with us like she unfortunately uh, died by suicide, and that is very unfortunate. And it shows you the depth of the meaning that it has. Like I don't know a lot of if people know this or not, but the person who started this started because she lost her father, and she got a tattoo, and then it became an internet thing. And back in two thousand thirteen, internet was not as viral. It was it was just to connect with like minded people, and it picked up like a revolution, and poor like that person is not around us but we have to respect her legacy that she got it because she was going through something she just couldn't get it out in a way without showing herself a sign every day you know what you got this live another day so when you get it make sure that it justifies something why it was started because no other tattoo is obligated to this you can get a butterfly you can get a Elephant in your body, whatever you want to, but this tattoo has a lot of significance to it. And if you are choosing to get it, make sure you respect it. It's okay if you don't have a story, or it's okay if you don't believe in values that others do. But make sure you respect it as much as you respect an individual story, because this is one of the signs of it. This is one of the way of expression that I have been through something that I. That is not that was not pleasant, and now I choose to share my story. So you have to be respectful of it and realize where it is coming from. Because there, I think during Mental Health Awareness Month, people just make this tattoo for like four hundred dollars or something, and they choose to donate it to organizations. So it the awareness awareness is not only from people who get it on their body, but also people around it. Like now, fashion designers have semicolon tattoo theme ramp walks oh my god i have seen that and it's disgusting don't do that unless you're raising it for a fundraiser unless you're doing it for a cause otherwise don't make it a fashion thing don't make it don't glamorize these things we don't want more people with semicolon tattoos in the world the aim is to be empathetic the aim is to create a community where people can feel comfortable without being ashamed of themselves
1: The aim is to have conversations
0: Mm.
1: and I think, um, you know, first of all, this is one of the projects that has technically never marketed itself. Wow. Yes. The, all the marketing, all the uh, advertising conversations that happen about the project happen because of people who have the tattoo. So, we don't, like, just like we we aren't asking for positive marketing, we are not asking for a negative marketing either. Mm. Don't, so there's no point in, you know, I mean, we, we could just randomly start hunt, going around hunting people who have not gotten this, like who have gotten this tattoo and don't have, have any knowledge about it, but that's not the, re- that's not a part of the cause. Mm. So those people don't exactly matter, but it would be really, really helpful if they did educate themselves. Mm. And like you said, the story of the girl who started this project is uh, is kind of a reminder that there, there are severe repercussions involved. In mm. this. There are so, like, while it's not just a... Um, You know, suicide survivors, Mark, there are a lot of people who have attempted suicides and survived through them and lived to heal themselves who have gotten this tattoo. Mm. The legacy behind it is serious. And you have to respect that.
0: yeah i just feel there's so much calmness in your voice when you talk i just want to like listen to it just go on and on it is so such a loyal thing to do i guess we just choose our words so you know we just pick our words like from the best gardens we don't randomly make something we just say for the sake of saying it
1: it 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 is something that you kind of learn over time really yeah you just You just learn to be very mindful of your words. Yeah. Occupational hazard.
0: Yeah. You just have to. Like you, it's just all of, I think a lot of things we do is for our younger self. I, you know, I wish, I do everything right now, I wish somebody did for my younger self. Whether that is being very much vocal about shaving my legs through a razor. As simple as that. I am very much vocal because I know there is a girl who doesn't like to go to parlors either, being subjected to that sexism. So I'll be vocal about my story, and even if people find it cringe, it is okay because I know when you tell your story, you heal at least one person. You help, you get their healing started. That is that is the purpose of storytelling positively. That you when you, when you as simple as you know when I spoke to Priyanka, I didn't know her, I met her through. LinkedIn when I called out people for semicolon tattoo and she didn't ask to come on the podcast I asked her she just told me you know I have a semicolon tattoo I know what you're going through and it was so nice it was like a warm hug over the internet oh my god somebody understands it then and then we spoke about it and then we found out that we are crazily similar (laughs) our life stories are very similar you know it's almost creepy but with in her I found a friend I can talk about so many personal things without being attached to her personally that's I found that space in my in my uh, surrounding venue I can tell her what I'm going through knowing that she will be able to take it she will be able to receive it without judgment and this is the kind of community I want the whole world to be in you know we can only um, I
1: mean, I think for me the aim always has been to be able to find that one person who could st- start their healing journey because of me. I'm not look I'm not looking to have a community of people who got into therapy because of me, but just if, if I could just help one more person, that that'll gonna be enough. And sometimes you look all your life and you'll never know if you have helped one person or not. So it's always going to be just continue sharing your story and someday maybe somebody will be helped.
0: Yeah. I I read this quote somewhere, you you save one person, you save the world. You know, Yeah. It's so yeah. That's an exaggeration, I'd
1: say, but okay.
0: It's poetry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True. What's poetry um, without some euphemism
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so if uh, Priyanka what changes do you see or do you want to see or what changes you're trying to make in this whole mental health sphere through your own self through your actions or your words I'd say the first thing is to
1: kind of you know um... Loosen the stigma around going for therapy. Hmm. In my community, in my uh in the society where I live, therapy is uh, I
0: mean it's it's just it's just technically a bad word. It's a last word, yeah. it's like going to rehabilitation. I, I mean
1: people tend to equate going to therapy to being put in a mental asylum hmm. which I mean if if you require hospitalization then you require hospitalization if you it's perfectly are perfectly
0: fine yeah. it's
1: perfectly fine if, if you need a hospital for a heart disease or a lung disease you can need it for a brain issue also mental health is all a part all a malfunction of a organ of your body so one thing that I would I hope that I could make better is that people can talk about therapy and people can at least think about going for therapy without having that fear in their head I have been very vocal about the fact that I've been to bad therapists also My, I have had I have had experiences with therapists that have just left me with wanting to pound my head against the wall after the session. And I have still chosen to trust the process and still gone around and looked for newer therapists. And it's a pain. It is. It's it's a pain financially and obviously it's a toll on your mental health. Uh, One book, if you, you know, uh, if anybody wants to go for therapy and does not know how the process works or how the system, uh, how talking to a therapist is going to help you, there's this one book that I will suggest to everybody. It's called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Laurie Gottlieb. It's, It's a beautiful book. And the thing about the book is that it's about a therapist uh, her, so she is, while she's handling patients, she's going for therapy herself. So mm-hmm. the way you see her dealing with her uh, patients while being in therapy herself, uh, you know, becoming a patient once a week herself, it's it's a beautiful process. And you you can tend to start having faith in the process after reading mm. that book. So really, if anybody wants to ever think about going to therapy, and if you have the time, you should read that book.
0: I remember my first therapy session was in 2019. Oh my God, it was horrible. Oh my God, she picked up a call in the mid middle of a session. And she cringed by the words. I said. She literally made a face while I was telling my story. And that's like my sister is somebody studying psychology and she's about to be a therapist in a couple of years. And she's like, that's a sign of a bad therapist. And due to the financial constraints, I was going to the college counseling cell because, you know, I was just like 17, 18. I couldn't, I wasn't earning, right? So now that I am, I go to a good one, but I just feel like, oh my God, like she she told me so many things that, you know, I told her my deepest darkest side and she just chose to like not bother about it and to feel uncared by your therapist is literally worse than feeling uncared by your family oh my god yeah it is it is very serious
1: you put your faith you know you kind of bare your soul in front of somebody you you hope that that person would be somebody who heals your trauma and you end up with someone who kind of belittles what you've gone through that that is mm. i I mean it's a sad reality, but bad doctors are just there. sometimes yeah. you sometimes you'll go to a bad dentist who will end up doing something wrong with, with one of your teeth that did not need anything done. It's the same thing. Going to the the one thing that I want people to take away from my experiences with bad therapists is that therapists is that even if you go to a bad therapy session, don't stop going to therapy. Mm. Talk to people around you who are actually going to therapy, ask them for recommendations. Maybe you will find a good therapist that way. Maybe you will not have to sh- shell out about like a grand just to be able to understand whether it's a good therapist or not. Because I I was in the beginning, I was very shy to ask people, oh, do you do you know a good therapist? So I went to the nearest hospital. Their psychology department and bath therapist. Again, did, did the same thing in a different city. Bath therapist again. And it was only when I asked people, when I told people that, listen, I'm in need of therapy. I am in need of, to talk to somebody. To, could you recommend me somebody? someone? is. That's how I... Ended up with my current therapist, and she's a gem. So talking about it, about the about needing therapy to people, talking about therapy in general to people is how you will find the
0: correct one. Yeah, I have sent four people to my therapist. (laughs) I am an affiliate marketer, if you want to call it, because. People just come to me and ask me, where do I go for therapy? Because I have been so vocal, I don't even, it's very natural. I know people who just have spoken to me once and be like, Priyanka, I want to go to therapy. And they have not even told anybody, like, it's the first time they're even admitting they need needed. I have to respect that, respect that vulnerability so much more than mine, I feel. And I suggest them mine because I, I have not been to others. So I give them others numbers too. But
1: yeah, so there is a I call uh, crowdsourced list of therapists all over India. Hmm. I, I I think if you just Google it, you'll find it and it has the list of therapists, their uh, you know how much they charge, their numbers, uh, what areas they specialize in it's it's all there. If anybody, wants to look for therapists and doesn't want to talk to people they can always check
0: that out but you'll always find yourself asking someone because it's just easier like it makes the process I know if I wouldn't have met my therapist through work I would have never opened up to her I would have never opened up to her because what I was carrying I felt was so heavy that it had to be given to the right person Yeah. True. Sometimes you
1: feel like if you start sharing your burdens with just anybody, you'll not be able to lighten the load. You'll just get crushed underneath it. Very
0: true. Very true. It will <coughs> even if one person ridicules your experience, you'll end up hating yourself for sharing it ever.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry about this.
0: So it's just that i just i just want people around me to be i know but i know i i can only help 200 or 300 people best in my capacity so it is important that if even if one of us in the world take the responsibility or take the initiative of making the other person better it will only take 350 or like 450 what the number is 350 million people or 350 billion people to make sure the world is better place you know only half of us half of us have to care about the other half and likewise and it will be okay i feel
1: you know we we're we putting a lot of uh, a lot of responsibility on
0: one half of the population for some I reason i mean uh, it's like you know one half of the population takes initiative and the other half gives back um yeah that's
1: also a possible uh, idea.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, the whole world will keep looking for people to fix. So we have to keep it like one are wanting to fix, other are wanting to be fixed. And then, you know, interchange can happen.
1: I, I think instead of, you know, one person fixing the other person and the other person giving back, there has to be just
0: a whole thing chain of people yeah that also can happen you one you have somebody helps you you had two people and the, those two people, uh, have the other two people. Uh, you're turning
1: it into a pyramid scheme
0: <laughs> ponzi scheme, ponzi scheme.
1: <laughs> but honestly ponzi scheme of mental health doesn't sound that bad
0: yeah
1: i mean it's still better than taking money from people
0: yeah <clears throat> okay so i guess uh my one of the, my final questions is that how do you uh how do you be mindful of your actions and words how do you take the initiative of uh in coming years how will you uh ensure that you are uh, people around you or even yourself are feeling better about themselves are feeling better about going to therapy because you know there are only very few of us who are this enlightened or this responsible about it and it, it is not it's like a personal responsibility a bit not to society but to people around us at least that we make sure that they feel comfortable it's a bit of a task honestly i would say mm. you have
1: to be constantly mindful yeah. every so it's like every time i have an argument with somebody uh, I at first I want to be angry yeah a, a, a normal person's normal response is to be angry when you have when you are in a conflict with somebody but then or the, the automatic response of my brain which probably has been conditioned into it through therapy is to take a step back look at that confrontation from a third person's point of view and think about what could be the reason the other person is reacting that way and mm. it takes a lot of time it's and it's exhausting it takes a, it's exhausting it takes a toll on you but it just becomes a habit mm. and that and that i think comes from going to therapy therapy kind of opens you up to the possibility that the person in front of you is also a person something so basic something that just is you can you can see there's a person in front of you but to be mindful about it is something that you get conditioned to think about when you are in therapy yeah. and it's only it's, it, over time it just becomes a part of your life it just becomes a part of your routine to before you say something in you know, a argument you think about okay what is this person's personality where is this person coming from and if what you are about to say is going to have no impact on them, or if it's not going to have the right impact on them, then there's no point in saying it. So mm-hmm. that mindfulness happens over time. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I tend to uh, do is I tend to ask a lot of questions. I'll not, not in a inquisitive sense, not in a way that I'm poking somebody, but I do tend to ask them, "Um, tell me why you're thinking about like this, tell me why you're feeling like this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people tend to share with you, why they would like to have an argument with you, instead of actually having that argument, and the issue gets resolved. And sometimes I end up telling them, you need therapy. Yeah. So, yeah. Being mindful about everything and being, uh, you know, being open to people just happens over time. Uh, Once you are open and mindful to yourself.
0: Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, just what you said, that every person is a person going through something. And the fact that you realize, okay, I am... Even with seeking help, I cannot control my anger right now. So that person is still not even seeking help. That person is just, has a piled up. It doesn't mean take shit from people. It doesn't mean that. But it means that don't involve yourself in something that will harm you, will be an act of self-harm. Engaging in dirty arguments that, engaging in arguments that you will end up hurting yourself in, that you will regret later. Maybe you know,
1: uh, your when you said uh, you are going, uh, you are a person going through therapy, and if you cannot take take the shit that you are under, the other person's not even going through. It it kind it reminds me of an old fable about a Mm -hmm. bird and a bull. I think it's a bull Mm -hmm. or a cow. Where this, uh, where this, it's really cold, and the bird is on the ground freezing his wings are frozen he cannot uh fly anymore so the cow shits on him <laughs> and, and that is what helps the cow helps the bird unfreeze
0: oh <laughs> wow
1: thaw itself because of the warmth of the yeah uh, dung and that is how he is able to like he wow. to unfreeze himself but he just sits there and he starts singing and a cat comes and eats it
0: oh so
1: there are technically two lessons from this is first is that sometimes the shit that you're under helps you helps make you better yeah and the other is that if you're okay there's no point in in sitting there and wallowing in your shit mm. get up and leave yeah <laughs> <laughs> or else you'll get eaten so i Like, you have to look at the positive side of even a a bad situation you're in. Yeah, very true. Uh, That (laughs) kind of went off
0: tangent. No, no, it was very (laughs) relevant. I was like, oh, yes, I said a very wise thing. But do I know the meaning of it? Do I use it every day? And also, I just want to everybody who has semicolon tattoo might be listening to this. Don't be too hard on yourself. We are here to you talking like wise witches, but we know what we are in real
1: life. (laughs) If you have this tattoo, always think of this tattoo as a reminder that you have been stronger. You have been, you've gone through things and you have survived through it, which means that whatever you're going through now or whatever you might be going through in the future, you can survive through that also
0: very true i mean when i got this i was not going through anything in my life but it felt like oh my god my life is ending but after that tattoo i've been through like i told you before the call so much so much and this tattoo has been like oh my god i my my story needs to be told like my story doesn't end here i will continue this is i can stop and write again any time so that's my, I think, one of last promise, last question. What do you feel when you look at your tattoo? What does it tell you?
1: Though it, it completely depends upon the day and the way I'm feeling that day. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I tend to, that looking at the tattoo makes me feel is, it makes me feel stronger about myself. It makes me feel, you know, especially on the days where I feel like I could just, crumble at any moment mm. I look at the tattoo and I feel that you know it's okay to crumble you can always put yourself back together Fall, falling and getting up is always the process if you just keep on walking it's gonna get boring mm. so the the tattoo makes me feel stronger and I remember when I got this tattoo my mother was like what if you get bored of it? It's a it's a permanent yeah. thing on your body. You know, are you sure you want to get it? And I think that I could at least a, a symbol like semicolon that that refers to that denotes such an important life part in my life. I could never get bored of it. It'll always give me new insights and new you know new ideas about myself depending on what I'm going through. It's ever-changing. It might be permanent on our body, but how we look at it changes with how we
0: change. Wow, that's the most beautiful thing about it. For me, it's I just feel like even if I stop doing anything from today, today is the last day I work or today is the last day I I stop being ambitious today itself. My I have a story to tell and my story, like I have lived enough to have a story, which is so wholesome, which is so encouraging, which is brave. And people struggle to get that all their life. And I already have it. And this is my story. And even if I don't do anything after it, it is fine with me. I will just take this tattoo and make it, in in a bigger sense, I will, spread the happiness and the positivity i got from it you know it's just for me it's just like uh, you know when somebody will ask me that that i am a i am a person who doesn't think about giving up i'm a person who has promised myself in past that no matter what happens you will not think about giving up you will always look at this and write again start writing again start maybe drop everything you do move to a different city Start a new life, but start again. Starting again is the option you have. Stopping is not the option you have. I guess that is what it means to me. Always. Always changes, like you said. Sometimes I'm very angry on this also. That, oh my God, I don't deserve this on my body. I think of ending my life so many times. Do I deserve it having on my wrist? And then I think of this is exactly what, this is a reminder about. Be kind to yourself. You know? It's okay. You are thinking about it. You're not doing it, right? You're just thinking and it's a big difference. You don't have to do it. You can think about it, but don't do it. Because doing will be a very big choice, but thinking about it, getting over it is all the is are about. I thought about it, but I didn't do it or I recovered from it, even if I did. So I feel it will always symbolize me to restart that it is possible to restart. And as and when you grow older, you have so much history with yourself that you think, I can't restart now. Like, I can't drop the career I have. I can't leave the partner I have. Restarting is not an option. You know, we just have to fix the ending. We just have to fix what is we have right now in our hand. Like, if we have cooked food, we will eat it even if we don't like it instead of making a new thing again because we don't want the food to go waste. But in life i feel if you are not happy with the way things are ending is not restarting is a better option than ending it
1: you know that is the beauty of this mark is that just just look at the two of us we have the exact same tattoo with almost the exact same story but what we have taken from it is different, Very different i yeah. while you uh, perceive it as a symbol of restarting i perceive it as a symbol of a pause yeah wow to me it says that whenever if i'm going through something bad i can always pause myself i can always take a step back take a breather detach myself from the situation hmm so that that's what as i said this, is, this this might be a permanent thing on your body, but the meaning behind it will change your
0: life. Yeah. I mean, I swear, I swear. I, I'm not saying. Whenever I meet people and they're like, I have, a, I have a poem. I performed an open mic on it. And one of the lines were, do you know that uh, hyphen that separates death from life? On a tombstone. That hyphen summarizes somebody's entire life. Even though it is small it summarizes someone's entire life and that is from a movie so in the same way my tattoo might be very small but it summarizes everything that i've been through and everything i'm potential of you know yeah
1: i think that, that that's the power of a tattoo it can be small it can be large it can be something abstract but it has the it has a meaning that you give to it. Yeah, it is your story. Yeah. That's the, that's the reason that it's such a personal form of art.
0: Yeah, it's it belongs nowhere but on your body. Like it belongs nowhere but on your body. Exactly, yeah. and you don't always have to have serious tattoos. Like you can have tattoos for because you were drunk out of your mind and you just went towards a tattoo parlor that is also fine but only we are talking about semicolon here because we have seen around the misuse of it yeah and we would like to educate a bit if we can as part of our personal responsibility i mean
1: regardless of whether you have the tattoo or not if you have gone through something you should always talk about it just just think of, just think of it in a way that if you did not talk, maybe that one person that could have healed could, could not heal. Hmm. So just think of that as your responsibility and talk even if you don't have the tattoo.
0: Just talk. I feel just I I when I came out to my family saying I feel suicidal, they were shocked to death. They couldn't believe it that person like me who talks so much or so many friends. Can feel like this even today. If I tell somebody, they just don't believe it. I'm like, I was showing signs that I couldn't get out of bed. That I was all I was not eating right. These are signs that you notice. These are signs that I'm not performing well in college, or I perform too well in college, even though I don't prepare. You know, all these things are a, a sign that a person is not having a balanced sleep or balanced diet. As normal as that. When you If you want to know some, if somebody is not doing well or not, just ask: Are you sleeping well or are you eating well? These two questions will tell you a lot about that person.
1: It reminds me of uh, one of my high school teachers. Uh, I, I, I think one of my initial, uh, you know, versions of my depression started happening while I was in high school. Even though I, it was way back in college, you know, way later in college when I uh actually realized it and started dealing with it with therapy well she had said she talked to my parents one day and she said that do you realize there's something wrong with your daughter and when they asked why she felt she thought that she said that not only does she not respond to uh complaints against her she does not respond to compliments either and I and and that was kind of a for, kind of like a first uh, wake up call to me to realize that you know something might be wrong when I was like that. That's true. The way she's put it is it true? And I wasn't. And I never really paid attention to it myself. That I wasn't doing that. And yeah, it it kind of like I remember from one of our from our conversation before that that be that the kindness from others might help and i think that was one of the kindnesses kind things that i faced in my life that helped me mm. a
0: lot for me it was i i knew always that something is off because my parents are very supportive of mental health of others <laughs> <laughs> So my sister, oh, yeah. yeah, so my sister was not going, she uh, she had TB at a very young age, tuberculosis. My parents took her to therapy at that age, at 12. She was taken to counselling, she was given proper care, there was a lot of money involved because surprisingly child counselling is more expensive than adult counselling because they are more qualified people, like not in the way that... Uh, clinical counselling are not qualified but to help a child open up is a 10 times difficult task than to open up an adult that is when I realized that there is something like I don't perform well in class I don't have any friends I hate my body to its bits I wake up feeling I wish I didn't wake up every day and I I don't remember it but it is in my diaries that I have from that age from age 12 and I've written there and I don't remember anything from my childhood, but those diaries are one of the things that I have. And I'm like, no, I never told anybody. My parents maybe still don't know. But, and there was a point as an adult, I realized I couldn't take love from anybody. Subconsciously, I would damage every relationship that gave me importance, put me in the spotlight. When I was on the receiving end of compliments, I would shut myself. I would kick that person out ruthlessly. And that is when I realized love is something I need desperately, but I don't let it come to me and I have to do something about it. Otherwise it will consume me. I will die of the starving that, you know, I will die starving things that I need the most, which is there, but I'm not eating it. So that is when I realized, you know, I, I deserve a good life. I deserve better than this. And found my way and it was, and I emphasize on community so much because when I realized the Artidote community, shout out to that. I don't know if you're aware of the Artidote community, but I was, I have been through all their meetups in India. The founder, I owe a lot to him the way he has brought up the conversation and we, so there was a meetup for Artidote community people who want to like come together and share their story. That was the first time I felt heard like oh my god people are going through the same thing.
1: Artidote is Priyanka ball
0: right? No no that's okay. that's different. Okay that's a different one sorry. That's a that's page different. art page. That is I that is the same word. I'll tell you the word later. Okay. So yeah. So that is when I realized and in the community that I have like which has uh I, I think i have, I added you there. No, I don't remember if I have. Um The LinkedIn one? The WhatsApp one. No. No, I'll add you today. So there are like 120 people there, nearly, and they all are like people our age, and some are mothers. And I have, so many people have come to me and asked, and told me, i go to therapy because of you. I go to therapy because, you know, after talking to I realized, okay, there is so much I'm grateful about, but I'm yet not happy. So there must be something internally that I might be facing issue of. So Yeah. That's the goal, okay. Then I guess we have discussed a lot about semicolon tattoos. Any last words for our audience? Any advice you have to give? Don't
1: connect mental health to this tattoo just because so many people in the world have. Getting this tattoo is a very personal thing, and you know, the only it does, it's not the only thing that will validate what you've gone through. Mm. So just because you feel like, you know, this is this is the stamp that you get to show to the world that you've been through something, don't consider it like that. If you feel connected to the story of the semicolon, if you think that you are, the way that you want to go forward with being somebody who's vocal about mental health, Resonates with
0: the story, then join us. Yeah. Another thing, like that, I want to tell the audience is that if you can't know what is normal and what is not normal in terms of mental health, start cancelling out stuff. Being unkind to yourself, not normal. It's a red flag. Thinking the worst case scenarios always red flag, not normal. Not respecting yourself taking criticism as I must have deserved this, taking betrayals, taking bad days as I did something to deserve this, internalizing, having a bad inner monologue. If you're not your biggest cheerleader, not normal. Take these things, talk to somebody, get it out of your system because you need to be your number one supporter at any point. Even even if you have done the worst thing ever, the person to tell yourself you did bad but i'm here with you and we'll get through this
1: just just a additional note to what you said uh, if you cannot um, judge what is bad what what is normal and what is a red flag just think about what a close a person closest to you your best friend a sibling that you're close to your lover your husband your wife is imagine them going through something. And if there is a thing that you would want to talk to them about if they are being condescending about themselves, if they're being too fixated on a very small detail of something, if, if things like that are happening to somebody else, and you would want to talk to them about it, then point those things out in yourself also. Think of yourself as a loved one too.
0: Don't tell tell yourself anything you wouldn't tell your daughter. But given the parent child nature is not something that you identify as loving, I will not emphasize on that. But don't tell yourself anything that you wouldn't tell to the person you love the most. Exactly. Yeah. And if that happens, and if you think it has been happening for a long, long time, seek help. There are professionals literally trained to the core. Who promise that if they can't do anything, they'll at least hear you out. And sometimes
1: just somebody hearing you out can do wonders to you.
0: It does. Being heard is being healed. I'll. It's I, at least the first step of healing. It is. It is. And being heard by somebody who's not obligated to hear you. Your parents are. Your siblings are. Your friends are, you feel. But a therapist is not it's a professional exactly. service exactly yeah okay then it was a very soulful conversation with you i discovered so much about that something that i think i knew a lot about so thank you for that thank you for coming on board and just telling me you had the same tattoo i mean that just changed everything it did <laughs> till i
1: i think till this time last week, I had no idea I was going to have a long chat with somebody on the tattoo.
0: Yeah, that's the beauty of internet with all its cons that it just helps you connect with people you wouldn't have met otherwise.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, so thank you so much Priyanka. Thank you so much everyone who listened till here. Thank you so much for supporting us, for supporting this cause. Uh, thank you so much for staying till the end. I hope that you find some value out of it. I hope it makes your day. I hope that whenever you in this coming week, whenever you hear this, you're very kind to yourself. You drink enough water. You take care of yourself like the person you love the most and take it from there. And thank you, Priyanka. I hope I'll talk to you very soon again. Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.